What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is. Indeed it is time for the big show. Uh, hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, January the 16th in the year of Lord 2024. This is episode 1002-1002 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for today's birthday game. And we've got another great show for you here today. Joining us in about 20 minutes or so, he's our regular Tuesday guest. He's the news editor of the Carteret County News Times and CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And he's our resident hoops and NBA expert. It's our good friend, Richard Clark. He's going to help us get caught up on all the MLK NBA hoops action that took place yesterday. And there was a ton of it yesterday. Both our uh, locals teams played in it. Both our locals didn't play in it, but both our locals teams played in it. And uh, he's going to get us caught up on that. We're also going to take a look at the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, which wrapped up yesterday or wrapped up la- late last night. <clears throat> it was over way before uh, the game ended, though. Man, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait uh, to uh, talk to uh, him about that. He's a big uh, Cowboys fan. I'm going to tell you, we're going to be very gentle with him about that because he is not happy at all, and uh, understandably not happy at all with uh, the way his uh, uh, Cowboys ended up their season uh, over the weekend. But Rich is going to get us caught up on all that, and we'll get you all those scores and everything from that from the Super Wild card weekend of the NFL. Listen, in our second hour, we're going to be joined live from New York City by the incomparable prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, who I swear every time I was doing research this morning, but every time I try to find out, well, where is she working now? Uh, there's like a, another, uh, there's a new place uh, added to her resume or added to uh, where she's at. Uh, let's see. She works for Fanatic Sportsbook. She works for the MLB Network and NBA TV, and uh, she, as the prop queen, man, I mean, she's always got all these uh, different things going on. Love her to death. Uh, we haven't seen her. Uh, we got to see her uh, over the holidays uh, at, our, at our wedding, but it's time to have her back on the show to talk some sports betting because, listen, you're listening to the Vegas Sports and Information Network, uh, VSEN. We need to give you some uh, some good questions or uh, so, some good uh uh, well, how do how do I put that? Some uh, some good betting tips and all that kind of stuff. And I got to tell you, man, uh, I've signed on with uh, UnderdogFantasy.com, and 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 am having a blast with it. Uh, you should do it too. And right now, if you uh, sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com or uh, get on uh, get the app 
on at the Android store or the iTunes store, then uh, you should absolutely uh, get it because I can help you get some free money. Use the uh, promo code Hanks when you sign up for the first time, and uh, Underdog Fantasy will match you up to a hundred dollars of your uh, initial deposit. Man, I'm not, listen, I'm not just doing this because they're paying me to do it. I mean, I'm happy because they're paying me to do it. But let me tell you something. <clears throat> It has added so much fun, and I've never really done this before. I'm a big fantasy sports guy, as you know, but I have never really uh, played, you know, underdog fantasy before. I had a blast with it. Jason Bryant is playing, too, and we were uh, just comparing with each other. I mean, like at 10 o'clock last night, we're both – it doesn't matter if it's a 32-9 to 9 game for uh, – for Tampa Bay over Philadelphia, you're still keeping up with everything that's going on in the game because uh, I had uh, a couple of the picks that I had last night was that uh, I thought both quarterbacks would have an interception. I mean, dude, it's Baker Mayfield and uh, and Jay and, uh, and Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Would you believe neither one of them ended up with an interception? How is that even possible? But let me tell you what happened to me before that, though. The game before that, your boy won. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to pull it up here. Your boy won $150 on a $25 uh, contribution here. I had uh, th- this was in the Steelers uh, Bills game. I had Najee Harris having more than uh, 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 one and a half receptions. We'll get to that in a moment. Stefan Diggs higher than. Uh, five and a half receptions and Tyler Bass with higher than two and a half extra points made. Tyler Bass had that, I think, before halftime. Stefan Diggs picked it up uh, early in the second half. I was, I wouldn't say stressing out because this is fun. It's a lot of fun. And But Najee Harris did not have a reception going into the last, uh, into their last possession. I mean, when they're going down the field, just trying to make the score a little bit closer. Would you believe Najee Harris had two receptions on the final drive in the final minute and a half of the game? So turned my little uh, $25 uh, contribution there into a $150 win last night. So, yes, your boy won $150 last night from Underdog Fantasy. It's this easy, guys. Go there, uh, sign up for the app, get the app, uh, go to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code HANKS, and you – also can be very happy. I got to tell you, I'm up right now. I've played four times now, and I'm up, uh, what, I, and I like to do 25 at a time, a nice clean number. Uh, you can do uh, two uh, picks at a time all the way up to six. The more picks you make, the more uh, money you can make, and it's fun. It is a blast, and I know I sound like a shill right now, but I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm doing it myself. I'm having fun, so uh, check that out, Underdog Fantasy and uh, underdogfantasy.com. Uh, I tell you what, while I'm uh, while I'm uh, bragging on sponsors, let me brag on Lenore Community College for more than 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And uh, thank you so much to the good folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the show. 
Very, very uh, thankful for them. And late registration is underway. Uh, I believe it goes through Thursday, if I'm correct. Uh, give them a call, though, at 252-527-6223, and you can find out. And I'm telling you, I am the worst procrastinator in the world. Linda, my wife, that's right, my wife, Linda, she will tell you that. And uh, that's why late registration is made for somebody like me, okay? Give them a call. Go visit the campus and uh, get in class. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, so, again, coming on the show today, Richard Clark here in about uh, a little more than 10 minutes or so. And then the prop queen, Ariel Epstein, a fanatic sportsbook, MLB Network, and NBA TV will be live from New York with us here on today's Brian Hanks show. Uh, let's get you caught up on everything. Uh, LCC men's basketball, uh, they played their final home game of January. Now, they're f- not their final game, but their final home game of January, Sunday. They lost at home to uh, second-ranked Davidson Davy Community College. 99 to 71 at the sportatorium uh, as i said yesterday cause as when i gave this update talked to lynn hartzell and he uh, was watching the game and he said it was a really good game through the first three quarters just kind of fell apart there in the in the final final 10 minutes of the game uh the lancers are now 10 and 5 overall they have five straight road games starting this friday at lewisburg uh it's their only game this week their next home game Man, if you didn't see him on Sunday, and I didn't get a chance to see him, uh, if you uh, didn't see him, the next chance you're going to get to see them at home is Tuesday, February the 6th. That will be against Fayetteville Tech. ECU men's basketball. Uh, they're going to try to get back on the winning track Wednesday, tomorrow, when they're at home versus North Texas, and then they'll be at UAB on Saturday. The ECU women's basketball team, they've lost a couple of games in a row. They are at home tomorrow at 11 a.m. How about that? Uh, for a, uh, There'll probably be a bunch of kids in there from all over Pitt County and schools from all over. Probably be the loudest crowd they have of the year. Uh, but uh, ECU women's basketball, they're 9-6 and six overall. They're 2-2 two and two in the American. And they are at home for an AAC game tomorrow against Rice. Uh, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, man, they had won seven of their past eight games. I think it was, uh, we were talking to Mark Panicelli about him yesterday. They had a point streak that had gone back something like 13 games, 12 or 13 games, and something crazy like uh, 19 of the last 20 games, something like that. Don't, don't hold me to that, but it's very, very close, okay? And uh, the doggone Hurricanes. Uh, they lose yesterday, uh, five to two. They were outscored four to one in the third period. Here's what's crazy. I, I did get my first afternoon nap in a long time yesterday, and I was laying in front of the TV watching or laying in the man cave watching that. And it was one to one. I dozed off. I woke up, and they had lost five to two. And I'm like, what in the world is going on with uh, our Hurricanes? But they did, and and it was uh, man. You have this great streak they've had. And they lose uh, five to two. Like I said, the loss dropped them to third in the Metropolitan Division, from second to third, and they're now, or uh, well, in the Metropolitan, they're behind the Flyers and the Rangers. They're now fifth in the Eastern Conference. So if the playoffs started today, thank goodness it doesn't. They would be on the road in the first round. Um, two, they have a they continue their six game home stretch this week uh, as they host the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. And the Minnesota Wild on Sunday, but uh, hopefully they'll get that point streak going again and uh, get back up in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference for sure. Let's talk some high school basketball. Uh, there was only one game played yesterday. The Green Central Boys played over in the uh, Farmville Central MLK. 
Uh, and they had an easy win. They beat uh, Greenville Conley yesterday, 69-51. to That improved the Rams to 7-8 and eight overall. Uh, of course, that was a non-conference game, but they will return to conference play. Green Central will on uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow, they'll take on Washington over at the Ram Pen. Uh, and uh, the girls, boys and girls, well, the girls are 4-10 and 10 overall, 1-2 and two in the conference. That was the only team that played yesterday. Let's give you the schedule for everybody because everybody, almost everybody, plays tonight. And uh, Viking Gymnasium is where you need to be tonight. Uh, game between two undefeated teams in the East Central 2A. Kinston is 11-3 overall. They're 4-0 in the EC2A. They are taking on uh, Wallace Rose Hill, who is 5-5 five five overall, but they're 2-0 in the EC2A. So a showdown between uh, two teams uh, playing for first place in the EC2A tonight over at Viking Gymnasium. The uh, Kinston girls are 9-6 overall. They're 1-3 in the conference. Wallace Rose Hills girls are 2-7 and seven overall, but they're 1-1 one one in league play. North Lenore, their boys are 5-9 and nine overall. They're 1-2 in the EC2A, uh, and they take on, They are at uh, James Keenan tonight. They could travel to Warsaw to take on uh, James Keenan, who is a very good team. They're 7-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in the conference. The North Lenore girls are 4-9 and nine overall. They haven't won yet in league play. They're 0-3. And they take on the Wallace Rose Hill girls, who are six and five overall. They're two and one in uh, the East Central 2A. And then uh, both North Lenore uh, teams will be at South Lenore this Friday. Um, South Lenore, their boys are three and 11 overall. They're 0 and four in the league. The girls are five and eight overall. They're one and three. They travel to East Duplin tonight. Uh, East Duplin boys are one and nine overall. They're zero and three in the conference, and the girls are six and five overall. They're two and one in league play. Uh, that is uh, tonight as uh, South Lenore's boys and girls are at East Duplin, and again, they will host North Lenore on Friday night. And how about this? That is the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week this Friday night. Uh, Jason Bryant and the boys. We'll be bringing you that game live right here on 960 AM and betonthebull.com. So go ahead. If you're not able to make it, try to make it out to the game. But if you can't make it to the game, you can listen to the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, North Lenore at South Lenore. We're going to try to get uh, both boys coaches on the show here uh, later on this week to uh, talk about that big rivalry. Parrot Academy. uh, Parrot Academy, they are... uh, they have a busy week this week. They take on Wake Christian's uh, boys and girls tonight. Parrot Academy, the boys are 3-9 and nine overall. The girls are 1-11, but they take on Wake Christian uh, tonight. And then uh, Coastal Christian, they will take them on oh, on Friday. <laughs> you know what? I've got to throw this in there because he uh, mentioned this, and it's true. Greg Clemens just uh, just uh, texted me and said, Vikings Gym at Kenston High School it's the Swansboro Pirates home away from home is what he heard. Yes, you're absolutely right, Mr. Clemens, uh, especially the way the Pirates looked. Uh, the Swansboro Pirates looked on Saturday at the Brandon, in- Brandon Ingram MLK. They uh, looked tremendous. In fact, I think just about the best-looking team there uh, all day long. Uh, they definitely had more points than anybody else as they scored 87 points against Eastern Randolph. Beat them 87-73 to 73 in that game. So, uh, yeah, your Swansboro Pirates look pretty good. But back to uh, my high school uh, recap or uh, previews here. Uh, again, Parrot Academy tonight at home against Wake Christian. Uh, 
those games will be on tonight. Uh, Bethel Christian Academy, uh, they are off until Friday. The boys over at Bethel Christian Academy, they are 4-10 and 10 overall. The girls are 3-6. and six. They will take on uh, Hilltop Christian from Fuquay Verena. Uh, and let me tell you something. How has Fuquay Verena's Hilltop Christian played 21 games already, but they have? They are 18-3, and three, so that's going to be a tough game for uh, Bethel on Friday night. And then the uh, Hilltop Christian girls are 5-8. and eight. Uh, Wait a minute. I told you that wrong. They play tonight, 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 and then they play Richland's uh, Liberty Christian on Friday. Uh, Green Central, we told you about them earlier. Uh, Aiden Grifton, uh, the Charger boys and girls, they are off until next Tuesday, until a week from today. <clears throat> The Chargers boys, they're 11 and 5 overall. They're 2 and 3 in the Eastern Plains 2A. The girls are 2 and 14 overall. They're 0 and 5. And then finally, Jones Sr. is, is 8 and 6. The boys are 0 and 1 in the conference. Uh, the girls are 4 and 9 overall. They're 0 and 1 in conference play. And they have a uh, tough couple of games today as uh, Northside Pine Town's coming into town. Northside Pine Town is 12 and 5 overall. Uh, the girls are 12 and 2. So that's going to be a tough game for Jones Sr. Okay, let's talk a little hometown heroes here. Uh, Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they lost last night to uh, Dallas. Watched a lot of that game, 125 to 120. Uh, Brandon started uh, the game, played 32 minutes. He had 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and a steal in 32 minutes. Uh, the Pelicans are home versus Charlotte on Wednesday and then at home against Phoenix on Friday. Uh, the Houston Rockets, Reggie Bullock Jr. and Houston Rockets, they lost at Philadelphia. That was another one of the big uh, MLK games yesterday on national television. They lost 124 to 115. Uh, however, Reggie did not play coach's decision. Uh, the Rockets, they are at New York Wednesday, and then they're home versus Utah on Saturday and home versus Boston on Sunday. Damian Dunn and the Houston Cougars. You know what? I didn't look that up to see uh, how far they fell because they've lost two in a row. Um, they are at, uh, I tell you what, they, uh, help me out here. Uh, uh, Jason's already been uh, messaging me in this morning. Uh, look up and see where, uh, Damian Dunn and the Houston Cougars are. I don't know. And I mean, this is my total guess. I'm going to say they fell to, since they lost two games, I'm going to say they fell to eighth place, seventh or eighth, but probably if I had to put my money on it, I would say eighth place. So, uh, let, let's, let's see, uh, what, uh, uh, Jason digs up for me here uh, with the uh, AP poll yesterday. Uh, the Cougars, they are on ESPNU tomorrow night at 9 o'clock as they'll take on Texas Tech. And then on Saturday, they'll play at 2 against UCF. Uh, Dontrez Styles and 5. Just 5. That shocks me. Thank you, Jason. Uh, they fell to 5th place in the AP poll. I really thought... You lose two games. I know you were undefeated, but you lose two games back-to-back. I figured at least seventh, and like I said, my guess was eighth. I, w- I would have lost that wager for sure. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Um, Trez and uh, the Georgetown Hoyas, uh, they are 8-9 overall, 1-5 in the Big East, uh, uh, closer than the final score indicated loss against UConn on Sunday, 80-67. to but uh, they are off until Friday when they travel to Xavier in Cincinnati to uh, take on the uh, Musketeers, I believe Xavier is. Uh, that game will be at 6.30 on FS1. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt having a tough, tough season. They're now 5-11 and 11 overall, 0-3 in the SEC. It was their third straight loss, seventh of their last eight games. 
Uh, they get a chance to turn it around tomorrow night, though, when they take on uh, Auburn, uh, nationally ranked Auburn and uh, Nashville, and then they'll be at Mississippi State on Saturday. Isaac Parson, Jeremy Dixon, Amaji Dodd of Winston-Salem State. I guess I, I gave them some bad luck. Uh, they saw their six-game winning streak snapped in a 79-70 loss at Johnson C. Smith on Saturday. Uh, IP came off the bench. He, uh, for whatever reason, didn't start the game, but he came off the bench, still played 30 minutes. So finished with 11 points, five rebounds, three assists in that game. Amaji had 14, nine and one in 28 minutes. Jeremy started. He had two points, three rebounds in 21 minutes. They're off until Thursday when they take on, uh, St. Augs. Uh, let's see, uh, that, that, I'll get to that in a second there, Jason. Uh, and then they'll, uh, They'll play at Claflin University on Saturday at 4. Ashanti Lynch, Maryland Eastern Shore. They have been off a long time. I think they've been off to this point close to two weeks. Uh, Probably exams and stuff at Maryland Eastern Shore, but they will finally be back on the court Saturday when they take on Delaware State. Uh, Dante Ellis and Pitt Community College are now 3-12 overall. Uh, as we told you, they lost to Davidson. We told you yesterday, they lost to Davidson Davie Community College Saturday. However, I do have their stats for their loss at Cleveland Community College in Shelby, uh, 80 to 55 on, uh, Sunday. Dante had 11 points, four rebounds and two assists in that game. They're off until Saturday when they take on Catawba Valley Community College at home. That game will be at three o'clock. How about this? Uh, Parrot Academy, uh, standing up here. Uh, Virginia Edmondson, a former Parrot Academy, just a star, was player of the year for uh, Junius Smith third and uh, ENC moments uh, when she graduated from high school a couple of years ago, I think back in 2020. Let me tell you something. She is lighting it up. This is the first update we've had for her for the year. They have won three in a row right now. And let me tell you something. They beat uh, Columbia International University on Saturday. This past Saturday, it's their last game that they played in. She had 30 points, three rebounds, one assist, and two steals in only 28 minutes. And the Cavaliers of Montreat College now 10 and seven overall. Uh, she's averaging. She's leading the score or leading the team in scoring at 19.9 points a game. She's uh, the second leading rebounder, 5.5 rebounds a game. She's averaging 3.2 steals a game. So uh, congratulations to Virginia Edmondson, one of the best uh, uh, female basketball players to come through our area here in the past few years. And I'm going to do my best to get her here on the show sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, they are Their next game is tomorrow. They'll take on Columbia College out of Columbia, South Carolina. That game will be at 5.30. So there you go. That's uh, all your updates and everything. Let's get Richard Clark up here on the line with us. Before we do that, you know, I was just talking about a pair, about a Virginia Edmondson and Arundel Parrot Academy. Let me tell you about Arundel Parrot Academy. They are the largest independent, non-sectarian school in the region, a college prep school in the region, located on a beautiful uh 80-acre campus uh, right here in Kenston. Parrot Academy draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including right here in Kenston, of course, Greenville, Maysville, Wilson, New Bern, Snow Hill, Hookerton, Goldsboro, Jacksonville, Trenton. I'm telling you, if you are listening to this show right now on Terrestrial Radio, you can send your child to the best private school in eastern North Carolina, and that is Arendelle Parrot Academy. Parrot Academy remains steadfast 
in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment to its students. APA students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. And, hey, today is a head of school David Moody's birthday. So if you see Mr. Moody out and about today at Parrot Academy or anywhere here in Kinston, wish him happy birthday. Uh, tell him uh, he's part of our birthday game in our second hour or two, but happy birthday, uh, Mr. Moody. And, uh, again, you want to make Mr. Moody's day today, Richard Clark, then send your child to a Rendell Parrot Academy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you like when I throw those just little, uh, non sequiturs at you there, don't you? I'm on board. I know you are. I know you are. Listen, Richard Clark joining us and listen, there's not going to be any joking, any cruelty here whatsoever. I quit doing that a long time ago when I gave up on my team on uh, my Washington, whatever the hell, (laughs) whatever the hell the name of the team is now at this point, Rich. So, and I wonder if this is your, your, your team's problem. Well, of course we're talking about your Dallas Cowboys. I have found myself, Rich, I found myself kind of pulling for him a little bit, dude. I mean, and it's mostly because of you. Do you do you think maybe I'm uh, giving your team bad juju? Oh no, no, no! But uh, to steal a, a stat that I heard on one of the pods we listened to, I don't know if you heard it or not. The Cowboys are the only team in professional sports across all of them that have had a top ten winning percentage in the regular season and not make a conference championship game, dude. That's that's insane. When you consider well, all, right. the, and again, and I promise, Richard, you know me. We text back and forth, <laughs> heck, daily. I am not. I am not going to uh, sling arrows at you or you know poke the bear or anything like no. that. I mean, I feel bad for you, dude. And this is what. And this is the way. I, this is what I mean. You are, and I've said this several times. I'll say it till my I hit the grave, dude. You are a true fan. You live and die with your Dallas Cowboys. You're not one of these Cowboys fans that comes out of the woodwork when, uh, you know, you're the number two seed and, oh, we them boys and all that kind of stuff. And, and the, but that's what I'm saying. But you see a lot. Dude, I'm not picking, man. I'm telling you. You yeah, know a lot it. of those fans yourself, dude. And then, you know, if something bad happens, all oh, you don't hear from them ever again. But, man, when they're winning, every, you know, they're all over the place. Dude, you stay with your team, win or lose, dude. You've been that way your whole life. Yeah, I haven't. But I'm, I'm giving serious consideration to – going on sabbatical sabbatical from them until Jerry dies. Really? Yeah, because I'm I they can't do nothing with Jerry there. Jerry's the problem. You know, and much like most rich people that we know, they can't look in the mirror and see what the problem is. They're the problem. You think back how long this has been, this is three decades now. What's the only constant? You've changed coaches, you've changed quarterbacks, you've changed personnel, you've changed stadiums. What's the only constant? So anybody that thinks otherwise, that's, although I will say this, I think there's something in the water down there for Texas with soft football teams. Cause look at the university of Texas, all that talent. And they're pretty much the same. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's uh, walking around in, in Texas being a football player is a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, too, much, too much, too much, too uh, much bad stuff to happen. So I don't know. Well, uh, Danny Rice uh, checks in and says he's loving this cowboy dialogue. I don't know if that means because he's anti uh, cowboys or pro cowboys, but 
<clears throat> I think it might be the latter. I got to ask you this, though, dude. Uh, I, you've never been, and you have, again, you and I were messaging uh, Sunday when they were playing, and I was asking you about McCarthy and asking you about uh, potential Belichick going there, dude. I mean, your thoughts, dude. I mean, you, let, let's 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 wrench away the GM duties from uh, Jura Jones and give them to Richard Clark here for a second. Who are you, you? The bank is wide open. You can hire whoever the heck you want to hire. Richard Clark. Who's the next uh, head ba- uh, head basketball coach, head football coach of your Dallas Cowboys? Vrabel. Really? If it, yeah. If I get to pick, it's Vrabel because. Uh, we, I said on this show a couple of weeks ago that there are three coaches right now in the league that I would take, Tomlin, Vrabel, oh. and, and Campbell. And the reason I say that is because their personality is reflected in the way the team plays. Physical. The Cowboys haven't had a physical team since Jimmy left. Yep. We had it for one year when Bill Parcells was there, and then he abruptly quit. Um, and that's it. So – you got to be physical in this game, and we're too soft, and we've been soft, and we need somebody that can fix that. Um, and it's not McCarthy. I didn't want him when they hired him, so here we are again. And he'll probably go after Belichick, which is a mistake too. But why, why do you think that? Good, good, good. That's where I wanted to lead you down that uh, road. Uh, why do you think that would be a mistake hiring Belichick? Well, me personally, and this is just my opinion, that I get a lot of pushback from any New England fans on this deal. But I stand by this, and I would die on this hill. He's had one winning season without Brady. One. Yeah. That Matt Castle year, when that team was loaded. That's it. Didn't win with the Browns. And didn't still, win when Brady left. And still only went 10-6 and six with Matt Castle. I mean. That's right. With a team that Brady probably would have led to 14-2 and two or 13-3 and three at the worst. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Belichick's not a good coach because somebody made a good point. They were like, well, you think about your defense would have been as bad? Uh, I guess it's Sunday now. Um, if Belichick was the coach, no, I do not. I think Belichick would have been a better defensive coach than what we had out there Sunday. However, I'm just not sold that Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. You, you, you know, I'm just not. I think Brady covered up a lot. I really do. I agree. And I, I think their their mistakes that they made in the front office. And personnel decisions is what led to some of the problems they had there at the end. And, you know, look, Brady went straight to Tampa and won one. So what's that tell you? I know. I know. Well, I just so I don't know. It was it a will, team will, that what, the year before was barely 500, right? Right. And, and you know, will, will Belichick, would he be better than McCarthy? Probably. But I didn't want McCarthy either. They, yeah. and, and the problem here is, what this really goes to is a Dallas-specific problem: is that Jerry doesn't want another Type A personality. Don't, but don't and, let, let me ask you. This, and I agree. Okay, I would say the Jerry Jones from ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and heck, it was proven thirty years ago he didn't want uh, that. But right. don't you? But but seriously, in all sincerity here, though, Rich, don't you feel like though? You know, he knows he's not got that many more years left on the, on this rock, dude. He wants to see his Cowboys win a Super Bowl, dude. Don't you think? there's got to be a point where he pushes the ego aside and says, you know what? I don't have that much time left. I want to win. I've got a good team here. Let me get somebody in here and I'll just, you know, I'll wash my hands of it and let them, let them run everything, dude. Don't, don't you think there's gotta be a point somewhere in his life 
where that realization hits him? You would think so, but he's pretty delusional. So, you know, I mean, he's at his age having paternity and cases and things. So what's that tell you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, I'm, and I will say this. Somebody on one of the pods we listened to, the guy made a good point. They said that, uh, and I think it was our guy, but he said that he thinks that Bill Belichick really cares about that record, the all-time record wins, which it makes sense. I wouldn't you? Well, where is the best opportunity for him? He needs he needs twelve, he needs twenty-four wins, if I'm not mistaken. Where is the best place for him to get that in the league that has a vacancy right now? Uh, he could do it in two it, years it, in Dallas. And that's exactly right. Now that said, a job opened up last night. Probably that is also pretty inviting. Um, I think Sirianni's gone. Do you really? Uh, yeah, don't you? Well, we're, we're going to get to Philadelphia. Oh, we're going to get to the Eagles here in a moment, but uh, no, dude. I think the goodwill of making it to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you fire somebody one year after, and yeah, they fell apart. What one in six over their final one in five in the regular season, and just getting blown out in Tampa last night. <laughs> <laughs> you sound heartbroken over that, Rich. Well, I, I mean, I can't. Well, I don't have any room saying it. We went out there and completely choked, um, so I can't really say anything. I, I do enjoy that. Philly was the greatest thing in the history of football three weeks ago. But I've been saying I've been saying something all along. That you have. I think you have. One of the other ones is that we we pop, propped up this Philly defense based on what exactly? Because they drafted a bunch of guys from Georgia that were supposed to be great. What if Georgia was just a good college team? Yeah. Oh, because none that. of those guys are stars right now. Well, listen, I got I got Jason Bryant uh, jumped in here, and he's got a couple things here for you. He said, uh, but the Cowboys have Dak. They also have uh, more weapons than he does in New England, and that goes without saying, of course. But the, I thought this was a little cold, what uh, Jason sent me here. I want your response to this, Rich. He said, like the curse of the Bambino, there's the curse of Jerry Jones. They will not win a Super Bowl until he is dead and gone. I, I kind of disagree with that, dude. Your thoughts. Well, am I putting my aluminum foil hat on? <laughs> you put, put your, you you put on whatever you want to put on, Rich. All right, I'm gonna put on my aluminum foil hat, and I've told you this before. I don't think we'll win one with Jerry Jones, but not for some curse. I think it's strictly because in '96, <laughs> Jerry I, I sued the league to get money for the Reebok sponsorship, and I just we haven't won since. Yeah, that's true. And, well, and, and I think we've that- had. We've had the catch that wasn't a catch. We've had uh, Aaron Rodgers running around while they just holding people, stuff like that. It's happened every year that we've been good, except for this year. This year we were just bad. Well, um, there's one so, thing. You know, let me say this: first, one thing you've opened that you, Richard Clark, have opened my eyes about. And this is uh, hear me again, dude. I ain't poking you one bit. Now there'll be other times I'll poke the bear with you. This is not the <laughs> this is not the day to do it, and I won't do it. But first, one thing you've opened my eyes to, Rich, it really is that the Cowboys are just not, they are not officiated the same way that other teams are. And and people can say, oh, Richard's just, you know, a big Cowboys fan. No, no dude, you have shown me plenty of photographic proof. And you do it on Twitter, on your uh, Twitter feed at kpauls22. You uh, have shown it to me personally. You might not want to tell people to go to that. But, um, <laughs> well, uh, at your own risk, go check that out. Yeah. Uh, K-Paul's well, 22. It, you know, 
Well, then, let me finish. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish, and then I, you can jump in here, Rich. This is my point. I think if you know the NFL looks at the Cowboys, yes, they are the premier franchise, even though they've not won a title since 1995 or 96, whenever uh-huh. it was 95. They still are the NFL's number one franchise, but. I think between I don't think it's a spoken rule. I think it's almost an unspoken rule, Richard, that if a call is that borderline call that it could go either way. I think you have shown me again whether it's coming down from New York or coming down from the NFL or if it's just the the unspoken way, it's going to go against the Cowboys, dude. I tend to think that, but you know. I'll give you an example for anybody that, that thinks that's not necessarily the case. Michael Parsons got his first holding call in the first quarter, um, drew his first holding call in the first quarter. But on that play that they called holding, which they did not call until the guy literally tackling him by the legs, running out the side, you know, after the quarterback. On that play, at the start, the guy hits him in the face, pushes his head back. There's a penalty. Yep. Then as he's running, he straight up grabs him by the collar on the front of his shirt, which is illegal. No call. So this is the kind of stuff that any Cowboy fan will tell you has been happening. Now, is that the reason that they are where they are? No. But I, I think that all you have to do is look at how Josh Allen was officiated last night, and you can see that there's a difference. Yeah. Period. Whether, whether that difference – is because of something heinous or if it's just because of, you know, personal feelings of the referees or whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. The end result is that stuff with Josh Allen, man, you can't even breathe on him. But yet they'll let these other quarterbacks get just completely annihilated. So it's just differences and you see it across the league. Brady got it. Drew Brees got it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you know, who, I don't didn't, know, you know who didn't get it, though, that always bothered the heck out of me. Now, and I am neutral at RG3. best. Oh, no, forget RG3, dude. I am so down on him. No, no, no. New, uh, Cam Newton. I always thought. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Cam didn't get any of that. Cam didn't get a call. I don't remember him. And, and again, dude, I'm not a Panthers fan at all. You know this. I mean, I'm probably neutral minus with. Uh, with uh, Absolutely. the Panthers, but I always felt bad for him, dude. I mean, he just, he never got a call, man. And, nope. and it was one of those things you always wondered, well, what does the NFL have against Cam Newton? And I swear, when do you ever remember him just getting a gratuitous Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning type call, dude? Well, to take it a step further, Josh Allen is literally the same quarterback yep. with, you know, he's yep. a better passer, but he's literally the same quarterback. And you saw it last night. I mean that the, the NFL. I've said it when RG three was doing it because it was it it bothers me so much. <laughs> They've got to do something. Yeah. If you're going to let the quarterback run, then you either got to take the slide out or, oh, or they automatically. God. I'm glad you brought. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but go, delve into that, dude. That little fake slide that he did that yeah, ended up. They got to get rid of that. Yes. They have to get rid of that, and and he does it all the time because they're scared to hit him. Because when they do hit him, just a split second late and you could see in the one where he slid and the guy hit him the guy tried to pull up yep. and they still called it and that was a crucial time of the game they were down seven on well, third and something and would have got the ball back first and 15 15 yards first down wow. and that changes the entire bunch of the game so i just think if the quarterback's gonna run once he leaves the pocket he's fair game 
That's, that's got to be how it's got to well, be. Well, the only thing, if if it's egregious, okay, say he slid and someone comes in a full second later and, you know, bounces his head off the turf, I mean, you got to call that, okay? I mean, you, you really do. You got to call that. But, dude, that was BS, man, and I'm just saying it for what it was. When he – that touchdown run that he had, when he acted like he's going to slide the guy, the defense, the Steelers defenders pull right. back, and then he rolled, runs right by him, dude, you, you cannot – have that that should be talk about a that's an egregious penalty dude 15 yards from that point a loss of down whatever you got to do man because you can't it, what if they what if play what if quarterbacks start doing that dude well they the guy did it in college a few years ago in one of the the bcs games i think it was a guy from tcu and everybody's oh what a great play look he faked like he was sliding and then ran for 60 yards well, no, man. That's not how it's supposed to be. Nope. So my, I'm just saying that we need to go back to if they get out of the pocket, they're fair game. Because, and then they will cut down on all of this. Yeah. You know, we're already letting them hold like crazy now because we want to protect the quarterbacks because fans want to see scoring. You know, that's what it is. Um, and they're trying to amend that. Some of the defensive pass interference stuff is pretty ridiculous at this point. You, I don't know what it is anymore. Well, you know, you, they're like they get there early, and the replay clearly shows they got there early. And we're like, "Oh, that was good defense, really." Okay, so. Well, I want to ask you about no, no, no. Well, that's a well. We've done a lot of uh, Cowboys talk there, dude. Got a bra Is Jordan Love for real? I mean, it, it sure as heck looks like he is, doesn't it? Boy, he looked good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. and he against a good. very good defense, and I, dude, I, I don't don't denigrate your defense dude you're still a, five, a top five defense man and well let me amend that by saying we haven't been the same since buffalo yeah. because that's when we lost our last we're missing five starters see yep. everybody kind of forgets this stuff because it, you know they're not household names except digs maybe in football world but he got hurt so early everybody kind of forgets it we were missing five starters all three linebackers are out all three and then you wonder why they can run the ball on you. Well, there it is right there. So I think that moving forward, the Cowboys got some defensive talent. But, you know, are you going to be able to keep these people healthy? Because depth is a problem, particularly when you got to play the quarterback. All these teams are getting ready to find out. I, I heard that Tua is, is finally up for his big contract. What's that going to do to the Dolphins, whose defense was decimated? by injuries going heading into the playoffs. No, you're right. Hey, uh, Greg Clemens jumps in. He says, ask Richard. Hey, here's a name that I've heard kind of bandied about out there. And uh, what do you think? I know Here we are talking about a team that lost in the playoffs for, what, 20 minutes now. It is what it is. But he said, ask Richard about Jim Harbaugh as uh, Dallas coach. What do you, th- what do you I, think about that? I don't that? want him. Why? I don't. Want him. I, don't I, think, I think Harbaugh is a lot like me, as you know, in the sense that, he can do the job, but he wears on people after a while. <laughs> and you know what I mean by that. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's just what I love is. that you're now, so self, uh, self-observant self there. I like that. I like that. But I love you, so Richard. I, and you I, know, you know that you are my brother, man. I love you. <laughs> but I, as much as I love you, you wore on me at times, dude. You know? Oh, I know. I know. It is, you know, I get it. I get it. That's why I look at Gwen every day and, and like, wow, she's you're an still angel. here. 
Yeah, How are you still angel. here? <laughs> I love it. But but go back. Jim Harbaugh, uh, potentially. But Harbaugh's a good coach. I just think he's hard on on the people that work with him in the background. And I don't know that the Joneses would be an, an example of, of being able to work with him. Do I think he could probably turn the program around, um, the organization around, if he had full reign? Probably. He did a good job in San Francisco. Oh, did a heck of a we, job. Yeah, we all forget that a little bit, that he kind of is the reason that Shanahan had some of the tools he had to work with, even though there was a little gap in there. Um, so, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think he's the long-term solution anywhere. I think he can go turn you around. But I think after four, five, six years, you're probably going to have to do something else. There you go. Okay. Have we t- 25 minutes on the, the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, essentially, sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, dude. And watch, they'll hire their coach before next week, and we'll talk for 15 minutes about it next week when you come on, dude. Oh, hey. if, look, if it's not Rabel, I'm upset. So. Well, there you go. Hey, quick and hits. You know, I think we might keep him. I think we might keep McCarthy. Oh, good Lord. How? Yeah. Right, let's, another well, 30 seconds. How? How do you keep Mike McCarthy? Think about the, the people that we know that were in charge. How uh, bad did they hate to admit that they were they were wrong? I know. And we're talking about King Ego Jerry. So, Good you Lord, know, dude, we look. We we've kept we kept Barry Switzer two years too long. We kept Dave Campo a year too long. We kept um, uh, Jason Garrett for nine years. What's that tell you? Yeah. So I just don't think he's gonna make the move that he should well tell you what uh, because i want to get to some nba talk and of course as, as happens when you and i start talking dude uh, we go way too long i do want let's quick hit no no no. i love it i love it dude to me the feel-good story of the whole nfl weekend though was lions beating the rams uh dude did you see the guy in the stands that was a 66 year season ticket holder and he's crying dan campbell's got tears in his eyes at the end of the game Everybody, dude, our good friend, Katie, you remember Katie Blackburn, who's uh, up in Detroit. I was messaging with her the entire game. Her whole family is just in tears. Her dad, who's uh, been a season ticket holder for like 30, 35 years. Dude, it just, is there a better story this year than the Detroit Lions? Probably not. I mean, you know, they, they have been perennial doormats. So it's good. It's always, I always enjoy seeing these teams that haven't had a lot of success finally have a little bit because it just seems fair, you know what I mean? Um, and the Lions have had a lot of really bad luck. So you got to tip your hat to Dan Campbell. You got to tip your hat to Jerk Golf. Oh, you yeah. Know, they, yeah. They, they pretty much gave up, put him, left him for dead and sent him to, you know, Siberia in the football world, Detroit. Um, and here he is. He's got this and he's playing as well as, I mean, right now, what's he, a top eight quarterback? Oh, absolutely. Yes, right. I would agree with so, that. You know, you you got to tip your hat to what they've done to get back. And honestly, I like, you know, it's funny. We, you know, we, the Cowboys probably should have been there, but Detroit is almost guaranteed a, a NFC championship game now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I man. Mean, they're going to they're gonna end up with a home game to get to the NFC championship. How about that? Uh, how crazy is it, dude, that Detroit will be in an NFC championship game since Washington or Dallas, dude? That That's what blows right. my mind, dude. Right. I mean, it's just nuts. Okay. It's just nuts. You didn't – I think I interrupted you, so I want to get – again, back to Jordan Love for a moment. Is he the real deal? I think so. He made I mean, He made all the throws, and that always impresses me. When 
you know, you get them sometimes and they get hot and they throw in the darts in between people and you're like, eh, is that sustainable? But he made all the throws. <laughs> yes, you want to you want to throw one in a two inch window on a bullet? I did it. You want to throw one over everybody's head, you know, and drop it in there? I did that with some touch. You want to do one where they're in your face and you got to zip it across? He did all of that. Throw, throw, was, one, throw a touchdown off his back foot. Yeah, I was impressed. I really, I must admit, and I haven't watched a lot of Green Bay, so I, you know, I'd heard a lot about, you know, they won five straight and blah blah blah. But he was, he impressed me. Hey, let's not forget, dude. They were two and five. Green Bay but was I, two and five. But one of the things that we forget about football is that as much as we like to take these units and make them individual, everything is connected and everything affects everything else. The reason love looks so good is because Aaron Jones was chewing us up. Yeah. So now the linebackers who already were inexperienced are rushing up to the line to stop him. And there's this big gaping holes behind them because they don't play the pass, the play action correctly. And, And you see it every week, you know, somebody's special teams is not so good. So instead of kicking the field goal, they go for it and it affects the game. Everything affects everything in football. It's really kind of odd how that happens. Is Mike Tomlin back for the Steelers? Um, I don't think so because you, if you remember paying attention, what was it, last week there was a story out there that floated around that Tomlin was considering retirement. Of course, it didn't say he didn't say that. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't quoted in the story. And then all of a sudden he leaves that meeting yesterday, that, that press conference. That was wild. So it begs me to wonder if – it's not to steal the front office saying, hey, man, we'll let you say you retired if man. you just go and quit. Hey, you know what I mean? How old is he, man? He's not old enough to retire. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going to look this no, up. No, no, no. Tomlin, Tomlin, women married alum, you know, he hasn't been. Dude, he's 51. He, right. He, he's he's going to be there. And make no mistake, he'd be my number one choice. He's taken some of those Pittsburgh teams that have zero talent and at least got them to the playoffs. No. So I, he would I, be my number I, one choice. I would love I you and I have said this for years. I would love for him to be the head coach of my team. Okay, uh that's our Steelers talk. Uh uh Eagles, man. What in the world happened? Honestly, and you now I gotta tell you, when they were ten and one, you kept well, I don't know though. You kept saying they're gonna win the NFC East. They they fell apart, but what do you attribute that to? Richard Clark? The Philadelphia Eagles, 10-1. and one. They lose five of their last six games. They were just blown out last night. Dude, that really wasn't even a game last night against Tampa, a team that had Tampa, to win right. in the final week to make it to the playoffs. And now you do know, dude, I, I don't know. I think the line right now is nine and uh, – you know what? Hold on. I've got Vegas right here. Nine and a half. The, the Detroit game? Yeah, I think it's nine and a half. Hold on, I'm getting ready to tell you, dude. Tampa, One of those. No, it's six. Half, right? It's six. There it's only go. six points. Line, dude. I'm telling you right now, Richard Clark. I think I'm going to go get my the title to my house. I'm going to take the title to my car. I'm going to take it to my my local uh, my local establishment. I'm going to put everything on it because, dude. Detroit. I'm telling you right now, Richard Clark. Detroit beats Tampa by more than six points on uh, whenever it is they. Uh, Sunday at three o'clock on NBC, dude. They're going to win that game by much more than six points, don't you think? Uh, I would probably take Linda's title instead of yours, but (laughs) so maybe I I think Detroit's the better team, man. But at this point, 
you know, anything crazy could happen now. We're at the point now where, you know, you, you're kind of the We didn't even think Tampa was going to make the playoffs three weeks in the re- left in the regular season. Who thought Tampa was going to make it? I didn't. Right. I mean, here they are with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Good Lord, dude. I just, I, I just, I'm so excited, man. I want Detroit to make it to the NFC final. Uh, oh, they're going to. And I know we're going back. Well, you didn't finish telling me. Uh, what, what happened to the Eagles over the last two months of the season? I think that they had some injuries. I think Hurts has probably hurt more than they let on. And then the A.J. Brown thing was brutal. Um, their offensive line wasn't as good as they should have been. But that defense is the problem. I think losing your two coordinators was huge, and we often forget, especially when one of them is kind of a savant, uh, the guy that ended up in Minnesota. Yeah. So I think that maybe that was part of it. And again, we assumed us, and I, I say us, everybody in the media and so forth, we assumed that they got those three guys studs from Georgia. They're going to be great. They're going to plug them in. But what if they're not? What if they're just good college players? Yep. And now what are we looking at? Because none of them have impressed me. And I look at them twice a year. Yeah. So well, uh, we'll see. I just think that we probably overestimated some of the people they got. Like, I've never thought that A.J. Brown was the best receiver in football. I just haven't. Top five? Top know. ten? <sighs> top five, maybe. Okay. Maybe if you're pressing me, but – I mean, I would rather have Mike Evans. I'd rather have CD Lamb. Well, you know, even even after what CD did the other day, I'd rather have him. No, I agree. You with know, there's that. a bunch of them. Well, I know so, Saturday's playoff games seem like they were a month ago, but I do want to at least. And Chiefs Dolphins, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there, other than just how cold it was. Did you see Mahomes' uh, helmet just shatter when? Uh, when it was hit with another, I mean, it shattered because it was so cold, not because it was poorly made or anything like that. I mean, I thought that was an amazing thing. I don't think, let's not spend any time on that. I do want to spend a couple minutes though, or at least a minute on the Houston Texans, man. I got to tell you, I had the Cleveland Browns as my dark horse. I really did. I thought they were, because listen, I'm, I'm friends with a lot and family members now with a lot of, uh, Ravens fans. The Ravens did not want any of the Browns, okay? I mean, and that's what it looked like it was going to be. Dude, what happened to the Browns, and uh, is C.J. Stroud really that good for the Houston Texans? Um, I don't know about is he that good. Is he going to be probably at least top ten? Probably. And and he looks good. I just think that, that it's, the, it's their coach. I think that I, I've had a lot of respect for him when he was San Francisco's defensive coordinator because – they were the single most physical unit in football when he was there, period. Um, and you remember the stat from last year that after you play the 49ers, you, everybody was like 0-8 or whatever. Um, anyway, but I just think he teaches that physical nature and that changed the complexion of that defense in particular, but the entire team. And CJ's been pretty good. You know, he has. Yeah. And I think that, I think that when you combine that with – that Tank Dell guy has been a good find. They got the tight end from us. He's been pretty good for them. And all of a sudden, you piece together because the offense is their weakling. You know, that offense is inconsistent. But that defense has kept them in some games. So we'll see. Well, and just now we're at the point where one big game from Stroud puts them in the AFC championship game. <laughs> Think about that. 
Dude, if I'm a Panthers fan, I am so mad right now that not just the C.J. Stroud thing. Mark Panicelli and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, so we're not going to rehash that uh, about, you know, should the Panther ta- Panthers have taken C.J. Stroud? I think common sense dictates that. But it's obviously never going to happen. Let's stop talking about it. But just to see how a team was the second pick in the NFL draft last year, actually it was a worse team than the Panthers. The Panthers traded up to get to that point. And now here they are in the second weekend of the NFL playoffs, and the Panthers are still sitting at home trying to find their, what, sixth coach in the last seven years or something crazy like that, you know? Well, that's the first problem. I mean, I, I didn't like the Matt Rule hire. Yeah. Oh, I know so, you did. You know, yeah. you go back you go back to uh, poor management. I was about to say something else, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> something yeah. that goes in front of poor. Thank, thank um, you for a self-editing yeah. there, okay? So I just think they're a poorly run organization, and you get bad coaches making bad moves and bad GMs making bad moves. They gave up all of that, and they didn't really know who they wanted. That's the first problem. Yep. yep. Second, second problem is, who's their personnel guy? You can't find five offensive linemen that are better than the guys moving my furniture. Because those guys were terrible. Yes, look, were. we can we can blame Bryce Young all we want. I will say this: I saw enough from Bryce Run that I'm I, Bryce Young that I'm not concerned. Is he going to be great? Probably not. But is he going to be serviceable? Yeah, he'll be fine. You just got to get him any semblance of weapons. They had no running backs. They had no receivers. Their best receivers getting AARP at mail. <laughs> And you're talking about Adam Zeeland there, and you're absolutely right. – and God bless him, man. He did the best that he could. We're not denigrating his his effort, but when Adam Thielen, who is probably what – and I'm being very serious, with 32 teams in the NFL, he's probably what, the 60th best receiver, 55th best receiver in the NFL? Is that – I think that's being fair, don't you? Okay, well, put it this way. A team that just lost in the playoffs, my boys, he wouldn't even been the fourth receiver. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, but that's I mean, what, what are we talking about? Well, who do you think this they're going to get? Uh, Jason sent me. He said he thinks that uh, the Panthers are going to interview Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, for their no, head job. I'm driving. Can we? Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll pick him up in Dallas and uh, drive him to Charlotte. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Absolutely. I will say this: the one <laughs> thing they could, Mike, could hope if they get Dan Quinn is maybe Micah decides to go follow him to wherever he's at because Micah apparently likes him. Dude, you don't so, want, you don't want to lose Micah, do you? No, I don't want to lose Micah, but I will say this. First off, I think Micah has been hurt all year, yeah. uh, really since about the eighth week of the season. Um, that being said, from a purely what you're supposed to do if you're that guy, where was he Saturday? Huh? You can't be you can't talk that you're gonna be you're in the MVP talk and then you disappear. I've watched I watched DeMarcus, um, the one that went to Denver. Um, I watched him do that. DeMarcus, oh, my goodness. I know who you're talking about, dude, and I'm blanking, dude. Right. He sang the national anthem this year at the beginning of the season. Yes, yes, yes. And I watched DeMarcus Lawrence do this. These guys that you're paying this big money, when it's time to step up, they have to step up. And if you don't get that, you're just going to do what we've been doing. So, I mean, look at Chris Jones for the Chiefs. How many times has he stepped up for that team when they needed a defensive guy to do anything? No, you're right. Hey, can you hang with us a couple minutes into our second hour? Sure.
Okay, very sure. good, very good. Well, I tell you what, we'll save all the basketball talk then because uh, I've I got it, dude. I've got to put a quarter in that machine. Uh, to oh yeah, we need to talk about, about Brandon. Yes, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, all the MLK Day uh, games yesterday and all that too. But we'll do that here in our second hour again. Thank you so much for listening to the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. We appreciate Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com for joining us here in our first hour. In our second hour, we're going to have Ariel Epstein from uh, NBA TV, from MLB.com and all that in the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show.